Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our Gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 through 12. This is Jesus' teaching on marriage and divorce. The Pharisees came and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing him? And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. In the house, his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. This is the word of our Lord this morning. Hard hearts in marriage. Well, we see Jesus is continuing his his journey to Jerusalem. And the crowds continue to grow. They're kind of following him, not only to listen to him, but they're heading in the same direction to Jerusalem as well. The Pharisees are there. They're still monitoring Jesus' activity. They're listening to his teaching, and they're just waiting for that opportunity to pounce on him with something he says. So they decide to ask him a question about divorce. Not because they're really in need of an answer or really interested in hearing what he has to say, but they simply want to stir up trouble. So they ask him this question, and no doubt everyone stops and focuses their attention on Jesus to hear his response, to hear his answer. See, divorce was one of those hot-button issues of the day, much like it is today as well. And the Pharisees really had two main schools of thought on the issue. One division followed the teaching of a rabbi named Hillel, who said a man could divorce his wife if she displeased him for almost any reason. So if he comes home and supper was burnt, he could divorce her. If the wife spoke bad of his parents, of her in-laws, the husband could divorce her. So there was almost any reason under this school of thought that the husband could divorce the wife. The other group followed the teaching of the rabbi Shammai, who said that a man could only divorce his wife for a serious sexual offense. Now this view is, of course, closer to Jesus' teaching, but it's still not close enough. So as you can imagine, whatever Jesus says If he sides with this group, they'll be happy, but the other one will be unhappy. 
If he sides with this group, they'll be happy, but the other side will be unhappy. So he's going to upset or go against at least half the, the group. And you might be wondering, well, divorce was a hot-button issue. Why, are, why did they wait till now to bring it up? Why now? Why here? Well, it just so happens at this particular point in the journey, Jesus is in John the Baptist's old neighborhood. And if you remember his story, it was over this issue that John was beheaded, over his word, on what he spoke about the king's marriage and divorce in particular. So no doubt the Pharisees are thinking, hey, this is John the Baptist's old stomping ground. Let's see what we can get out of Jesus. Maybe we can get him beheaded right here as well. But as usual, Jesus does not answer their question. Rather, he simply responds, what did Moses command you? See, Jesus is setting the ground rules for the debate. The answer to the question doesn't concern someone's opinion, someone's interpretation, or someone's feelings about divorce. Rather, the answer lies in Scripture. And we see this on so many different topics, the hot-button issues of the day. People are, are so for this or against this or whatever it is. And that's nice that everyone has an opinion, but what does the Scripture say? And we know that God designed a man and a woman to be married to each other. That's what Scripture says. This goes back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. We know that men and women belong together physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It involves leaving your father and your mother and being one with each other. Marriage is a covenant with commitment and faithful intimacy. This is God's design for marriage from the beginning. They become life partners, co-laborers. They are yoked together, one man with one woman. God ordains marriage, and that covenant should not be broken. This is not my opinion. This is certainly not the world's opinion, but this is God's word. So the Pharisees answered Jesus' question of, well, what does Moses say? By responding that Moses commanded a man to divorce his wife, give her the papers, and send her away. Now, the, the Pharisees' response is actually partially correct. And that's usually what we hear in, in today's society. We hear half-truths. We have part of the answer right, but then we go off in another direction. And it is true that Moses did permit divorce, but he didn't command divorce as the Pharisees were implying. Moses is not advocating divorce, but he does regulate it. And remember, this isn't Moses just coming up with these laws saying, oh, let me, let me sit down and dream up some laws. No, it's God using Moses to lay down the law. And we need to remember that. We also need to keep in mind that at this 
point in time, and really up until the last, uh, you know, uh, maybe hundred years or so, uh, it was really a male-dominated society. Men really ruled the society. Uh, women were treated as more like property, as objects, and as were children were treated that way. But Jesus tells the Pharisees that God allowed divorce because of the hardness of their hearts. Because men were treating their wives like property rather than a co-laborer, a companion, a spouse. So Moses isn't stopping divorce. He's not forbidding it, but he's creating some regulations to protect the people involved and protect to, to protect uh, the women and the children. So a couple of questions arise from Jesus' teaching. Since Jesus is confirming the possibility of divorce, what are the grounds? And we don't hear divorce really talk a lot about from the pulpit in particular, because many pastors and speakers don't want to offend people. And I'm not here to offend anyone either. Rather, I'm simply here to look at what Scripture says. And to me, it is clear that Jesus grants permission for divorce when the spouse is unfaithful. Now, he's not commanding it. He's not saying, oh, you're unfaithful, the marriage got to, you have to end it, divorce and get rid of them. He's not saying that at all. In fact, it would more like be that first seek help, first seek reconciliation, first seek forgiveness. And if you can make it work, make it work. As Christians, we are part of the body of Christ. And therefore, Christians should seek counsel and guidance from other members of that body. But most importantly, to seek the counsel and guidance from God through prayer and through studying His Word. But that is the option. If you cannot reconcile, that is a permissible option, as we read here. But is unfaithfulness the only reason for divorce? Well, if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15, we see that if an unbelieving spouse wants out of the marriage, then the believer is to let them go to keep the peace. So in other words, if, if for some reason you're married to an unbeliever and they want out of the marriage for whatever reason, then to keep the peace, you as a believer can let them go. But those are the, the, the key to these two circumstances is the fact that that commitment has been broken and that faithfulness of the covenant was broken. We need to remember back in Deuteronomy, uh, I believe chapter 22, where God says unfaithfulness in a, in a marriage, you're breaking that covenant and it's really punishable by death. Fortunately, mercy was given upon people and uh, the, the, the marriage was ended, but not necessarily the life of the person. And we need to be faithful with what Scripture says. 
We all have opinions about things. We all have uh, our own causes, let me say. But when we are faithful to Scripture, and that is important in our lives, we need to be faithful to all of Scripture and not just pull out one or two portions and say, this is what I'm following. Because part of Scripture tells us to be compassionate. So we need to live by God's Word and apply His Word faithfully, but yet still maintain our sensitivity and our compassion in this world. Finally, to finish up our scripture here this morning in verse 10, they go off, uh, Jesus goes off with the disciples kind of alone once again, and the disciples question him a little further about divorce because they want a more thorough understanding of, of his teaching. And Jesus' final statement is showing equal rights to men and to women. You know, when we think of equal rights, we think just, you know, 50 or 60 years ago. But here we see it in the Bible coming from Jesus himself to his disciples. And in particular, men and women have the same rights when it comes to divorce and remarriage. Yeah, back then it was extremely male-dominated society. But he's saying men and women are equals. There are no differences and especially on the topic here of divorce and remarriage. The wife should be faithful to the husband, and the husband needs to be faithful to the wife. And even in the New Testament we read where women obey your husband, and men love your wives. Those are two commands that many people kind of get a little offended at. Well, why does the wife have to obey the husband? Well, you know what? If the husband loves his wife, he's going to listen to her. He's going to honor her. He's going to cherish her as well. But the sanctity of marriage is serious business in God's eyes. And to be clear, divorce is bad. There's no doubt about that. Malachi chapter 2, verse 17 plainly tells us that God hates divorce. It's a failure and should be recognized as such. That being said, we need to remember that we live in a fallen world. And sometimes the conditions that we live in are less than perfect. And we don't always have the option to choose between good and evil, right and wrong. When we do have that choice, we should always choose good, we should always choose right, we should always choose what is true. But sometimes we need to choose bad over worse. Sometimes we need to choose wrong over something even more wrong. We know that God hates divorce, but there are times when it is indeed the lesser of two evils. And if divorce would prevent a greater future tragedy, then he allows it. Much would be the case of a believer and an unbeliever getting married and the unbeliever 
wants to leave. We allow the divorce. God allows a divorce because staying with that unbeliever, especially if it's a, you know, gets worse, an abusive situation or whatever, it will prevent a future catastrophe. On the other hand, if you're married to an unbeliever and they're happily married to you, they're content, they're just an unbeliever, stay married to them because you will bring blessings upon that household. So let me close by saying that if you are divorced or you have been divorced, God still loves you. You're not automatically rejected from Him. You're not automatically thrown out of His kingdom. It's not something that will keep you from Him. It can keep you from Him if you don't have a right attitude and mindset. But the marriage relationship is beautiful and it's a part of God's plan for many of us. They do, as most people are well aware, take tremendous amount of time and energy. And we also need to remember that God has given some of us the gift of singleness as well. But whatever our situation is, whether we're married, single, divorced, remarried, widowed, let us remember that whatever we do, we do it for God's glory and for His honor. And we should live by His word. Let's close with a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You for our marriages. We thank You that You enable us to become one with each other. And we thank You that they are able to strengthen us and fill our weaknesses. Help us to truly honor our commitment to them and to You for eternity. Amen.